Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen, along with the insane Daryl Wayne. And Daryl and I can see each other, by the way. We're, uh, we're doing an Internet uh, uh, protocol so that we can record these and make them sound better than they have the last few weeks. The miracle uh, of modern electronics. The miracle of modern electronics. The only thing is it is a little bit lonesome, and I've missed spending time with my buddy, Daryl. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Florida. We're going to visit with James D. Virgilio. Uh, he is a co-founder of Chacon Diaz and D. Virgilio Wealth Management. I've been practicing that for a month. Uh, James has been on the show before. I thought it would be a good time to talk about the health of finances here in the United States and the world. James, welcome back to Late Night Health. Oh, thanks for having me, Mark. It's great to be here. A couple of weeks ago, I saw a story. Actually, I think think we did it with uh, Mike Anderson. More people are going to go bankrupt from COVID-19 than they will die from it. Is that something you believe? I think that's that's potentially true. Bankruptcy is tough to gauge. Uh, I think it's safe to say this. If we look at the financial cost that we are willing to undertake per person that dies, and that's like a grim statistic to look at, but it's, it's one of the only things you could look at to get a relative comparison. It's much, much higher. Uh, you know, We're going to be spending potentially as much as 40 or $50 million per death. And if you magnify that across the world, that number gets much higher. Uh, and when you start looking at that versus what we spend on, you know, influenza deaths or tuberculosis deaths or things like that, that number is, is you know, a hundredfold more. And that's going to cause real financial damage. So it does raise questions about how far are we willing to pull society out of an economy to save lives? Uh, are we saving lives? You know, what would we do if we didn't do anything? Those are all big questions, but no doubt the financial ramifications for most Americans will be rather significant, at least for a while. And the fear of recession is looming. It's definitely looming, especially if you look at the frontline industries. You look at hospitality, uh, housing. If you look at you know restaurants, entertainment, things of that nature that have to do with going out in person, they're going to face a long recovery. Most hotels right now, you know, they're looking at 85 percent down. Uh, they're looking at levels they've never seen before for an entire quarter. Now, will they eventually come back? Yes. But you also have to ask yourself, Mark, how long does it take for people to come back and actually start traveling uh, at any kind of normal level they were at before? If you have a reduced income, you're not just going to pop right back out and take that expensive nice vacation. So this is going to take a longer time for people to recover from than what maybe is, is thought of right now. I have, to, I have to tell you, every day I get travel alerts, you know, fly this airline, fly that airline. In the LA area, I can fly to New York or Chicago for less than uh, $200 to New York. And I think the best price I saw to Chicago was 150. I don't want to go to either place right now. And both of those places are some of my favorite eating grounds and the restaurants are closed. So there's no reason to go. You can't go to the the theater. You can't go to a concert. Um, You can visit Amy our friend your friend and my friend amy in in new york but we're not supposed to you know visit and commingle like that being on an airplane right now the hotel prices have plummeted 
you can get a, a place in New York for $130, $140 a night at a really great hotel. But why go when you have to stay inside? The economic implications here are immeasurable as far as I can see. Well, I think you're right. I think if you compare it to the Great Depression, you know, unemployment right now is going to be higher, maybe only temporarily uh, than it would have been during the Great Depression, but it will be higher. But I think the most dangerous thought to me right now is a very natural human one that we will sort of very quickly return to normalcy. As humans, when a shock happens to us, we do all we can to return right back to where we were, especially if things were good for us. But that's really not how life works. It's definitely not how an economy works. And no matter how much money we're willing to pump into the system via printing money uh, or spending money at the government, right, those measures are, are Band-Aids that don't help in the long run and are sort of an opium in the short run. They're not going to help three, four, five months from now when these same companies don't have the same demand for their services that they once had for all the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, and that's going to create longer-term problems. No one knows how long. We're definitely going to make it out of this, uh, as any country that has a, a level of freedom in the markets can do. Uh, but like you said, it's very, very hard to measure how significant this impact is and how long it's going to take for people to get back to where they were. Daryl, you had a thought? Well, I, just, a, just a comment. You know, I mean, what they've done here in Southern California, some of the markets, is they've made a decision internally which products they sell are vital going forward or for, for your immediate use. And the things that are not, they block off and you can't buy them. You can't buy greeting cards. You can't buy, you know, um, other things in the market that uh, they don't feel that uh, is, is immediately sustaining your life, which is weird. It is. Yeah, and, to me, and to me, that's just anti, anti-freedom. But it's also, you know, any time you look historically, and we can separate politics here and just make a factual statement using statistics, any time historically governments become more centrally planned and authoritarian, which is what you're mentioning, they decide what you can buy and what you can't buy, how much you can buy and how much you can't buy, society as a whole winds up with a reduced standard of living and less wealth. And that's just a factual result of something that happens like that. Even in these temporary senses, it is so weird in America to see so much authoritarianism taking place during this, during this, this virus crisis. And, and to pick up where, where Daryl said about greeting cards, for example, uh, what about tomatoes? I mean, people go to the market, you know, you touch a tomato and you think, hmm, I don't want that one, you put it back. Uh, you pick up another one, you meh, and you put it back. It's They're not doing that. I personally am buying packaged tomatoes, which I don't necessarily like, but that's what we're doing. And trying to avoid touching something that somebody else may have touched. Well, I mean, the same yeah. risk is out there no matter what store you're in. And uh, my wife and I have gone to, you know, wearing masks in, in the store. We're, you know, 60 plus and, uh, you know, there might be other factors that uh, contribute. But we go to some places like a supermarket and, and quite a few people are wearing them. You go into CVS or some sort of a pharmacy, we're the only ones in there wearing a mask. Oh, Wow. You know, yeah, it's and to, there's it's hard to get good information, you know, Daryl. And if you look at the fact of like, I was just reading an in-depth study yesterday on masks, and I'm obviously not a health expert or mass expert. I am a data expert, and the data is inconclusive. Does it help? Doesn't help? I don't know. If you're unsure, why not do it? That's a very valid 
think, to come down to it. But I think the key point you may have said there is there's a lot of hypocrisy and illogical application of what we're doing because what you said is true. In one arena, don't do this, don't touch this, don't make this happen. But in the other arena, all of these things are happening. I'll give you a very simple one. Most medical professionals, nurses and doctors included, are not being tested frequently for COVID-19. And they're the ones dealing with the most at-risk patients. And they're not being and they tested. should be. And why are they should frequently be. being tested? Yeah. Because yeah. the hospitals don't want to lose half their workforce. So there's just a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to what we're doing and what we're doing. And I think people see that, and naturally it frustrates them. If we're going to do this, why aren't we doing it all the way? Or why not? Yeah, we see the, uh, the the governor of California and the mayor of L.A. on talking every day about how we should be wearing masks and blah, 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 blah. They're doing a briefing. They get people sitting right next to them, and they're not wearing any protective I, No stuff. masks. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's a hypocrisy. But, but doesn't this boil down to, James and Daryl, doesn't this boil down to how much is life worth? I mean, if we have to put a dollar sign, we only have 30 seconds for you to answer, James. Can we put nah, a I price on life? You definitely you definitely can. I mean, I certainly believe in, in doing what's best for your neighbor, doing what's best for others, trying to save lives whenever you can. But there is something that's true here that needs to be thought of. We have no idea if what we're doing is helping, and we don't know how much it's helping. And the real question is, with all of those unknowns, is it right to take the most extreme action? I think that's the reasonable question. We always want to save lives. James, we don't know if we do. We do. James, we're running out of time here. James uh, DiVirgilio from uh, Chacon uh, Diaz and DiVirgilio Wealth Management will have information on LateNightHealth.com. We'll be back.